أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ربي اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedüzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, in this episode, we will continue reading the 10th truth of the 10th word. The 10th word is about the verity and reality of life after death, the hereafter bodily resurrection. And in this section of this lengthy treatise, we are going over arguments, uh, rational and empirical arguments that Ustad Nursi develops uh, to prove the existence of the hereafter and bodily resurrection. There are 12 of these. We read through the first nine. We have been reading the 10th truth. Um, I think this is the third week now. And inshallah, we will try to finish today. Each of these truths are based on an observation in the cosmos, in the world that we live. We look around, we observe some realities that point to the one who has created this cosmos. And from that, we deduce some attributes that tell us about the Creator and Lord of all this uh, created existence. And the Quran corroborates that. And then, therefore, we say, what can we expect from a Lord, from a God who has created all of this? And from all of this, we deduce that He has these attributes to do after we die. What happens after we die, after we depart from this place that we found ourselves in? And we conclude that what makes sense is for him to recreate us, to give us life after death, bodily resurrection, life after death, eternal life after death. In this truth, we are looking at the gate of wisdom, solicitude, mercy, and justice. These are what we observe in the cosmos. And these are the reflections of the divine names, the wise, al-hakim, the munificent, al-karim, the just, al-adil, and the mercy giver, al-rahim. As we mentioned, we read through the majority of this truth, we are close to the end and in the last uh, section that we were reading we left at a point where there was a side note in addition to the main text of the treatise 
and in this side note Ustad Nursi gives us a brief but a brilliant definition of justice so we will read that side note first and then continue uh, to the section of this truth where it says in conclusion so we will say in conclusion and uh, inshallah try to finish yes bismillah Hashiye, side note. Evet, adalet iki şıktır. Biri müsbet, diğeri menfidir. Yes, justice is of two types. One affirmative or positive and the other negative. Müsbet ise hak sahibine hakkını vermektir. The affirmative is to give the possessor of rights his rights. Şu kısım adalet bu dünyada bedahet derecesinde ihatası vardır. This type of justice pervasively exists in this world at the degree of um, we can say intuitive clarity or axiomatic clarity that is we don't even need to think about it. When we look around we, we, we see it and we understand it. We don't even have to develop an argument for it. It is everywhere. The way that we look at our fingertips and see that there are nails there and we do not need to develop an argument in order to know that we have nails on our fingertips. We look around and we see this kind of justice, affirmative justice, all around. It's everywhere. Not in only one place, but everywhere. And what was the definition of it? To give the possessor of rights his or its rights. Now here we can ask, who has, who can claim any rights before God? Because uh, we are referring to God as the just, who is exercising justice. And who can claim any rights before God? He created all of us, everything from nothing. And he can send us to, to, to nothingness again. If he ceased to sustain us, we would just disappear. The moment we disappear, we would not have any rights because we would not exist to claim rights. And more importantly, again, he created us from nothing. Therefore, what can we claim to have rights over from him? So this is when we say rights here, we do not mean something that we can claim from him. He is giving whatever he is giving to us out of his munificence and mercy. But when we talk about rights here, what we mean is things that everything needs in order to sustain its existence if you burden a plant for instance with the duty responsibility function of existing and growing and then perhaps producing flowers and fruits to produce what you want it to produce you need to provide it with the means to do that so the plant needs sunlight water a certain temperature certain kinds of nutrition from the soil so this is what we mean by rights the plant needs all of these in order to produce what we want it to produce and if we are burdening it with this duty function at that point it becomes a right upon it to receive what it needs in order to produce what we want from it and this is everywhere we see this everywhere. Everything is being provided. Çünkü üçüncü hakikatte ispat edildiği gibi 
her şeyin istidad lisanıyla ve ihtiyacı fıtri lisanıyla ve ızdırar lisanıyla Fatır-ı Zülcelal'den istediği bütün matlubatını ve vücut ve hayatına lazım olan bütün hukukunu mahsus mizanlarla, muayyen ölçülerle bir müşahede veriyor. Because, so Üstad Nursi said, this type of justice pervasively exists in this world at the degree of intuitive or axiomatic clarity, and then continues, because as it is proven in the third truth, now the third truth is one of the sections of the tenth word, if you do not know what is in there, you can either read it, or listen to our earlier episodes in order to understand what was uh, the the conversation about over there. As it is proven in the third truth, the majestic one who creates from nothing, and that is Fatr al-Zuljalal, one of the beautiful ways that he referred to our Lord, the majestic one who creates from nothing, is giving all that that everything asks for with the tongue of aptitude, the tongue of innate need, and the tongue of dire circumstance. So these are three ways that Ustad Nursi uh, talks about in the third truth, in which or through which everything in existence asks for those things that they need. Remember we talked about the plant and the plant needs sunlight, air, certain temperature, nutrition in soil, water, etc. It asks for this. Now, when we say ask for this, we are talking about, we are referring to a certain type of uh, communication. And we are used to thinking about communication in words. For instance, I am talking now. I am uttering sounds that have meanings in the English language. And those who know the English language hear the utterances that I am making. And because their their memories have the codes for what I am uttering, they have the corresponding meanings in their minds and they understand. So this is what we usually think communication to be. But there can be many other ways of communication. For instance, sign language. When people communicate with sign language, they are not uttering any words, but they are still communicating. Or squirrels, for instance, move their tails in certain ways. And when the other squirrels see this, they understand that there is a meaning that the squirrel wanted to signify. There may be a, a predator coming from the air and the squirrel moves its tail in a certain way. There may be a predator coming from the ground and the squirrel moves its tail in some other way. And that is communication too. So communication can happen in many ways. And Ustad Nursi is referring to the aptitude that everything has in order to do or become something as one of these means of communication and he calls it the tongue of aptitude. So a seed, for instance, has the aptitude to sprout. When the seed is put in soil through the tongue of its aptitude to sprout, it asks God to give it sprouting. And God creates sprouting 
attached to the seed or the tongue of innate need. What this means is what we just talked about. For a human being to live, he or she needs to inhale and exhale. This is an innate need. Human beings are created with this need. And if God wills the human being to continue to live, if the appointed time has not arrived for this human being, the innate need becomes a supplication. With the, the tongue of that innate need, the human being asks God to create inhaling and exhaling, and God does that. And finally, the tongue of dire circumstance. That is, sometimes things reach such a uh, conjuncture that one cannot exist, one cannot do what one is charged with doing unless that is provided dire circumstance and the supplication made with the tongue of dire circumstance is always answered to now we should clarify that when the appointed time comes the person just dies regardless of whether that was a dire circumstance or not but that is also relief that is also his supplication made by dire circumstance being answered. The duty, responsibility of living and, uh, and, and fulfilling all those functions that are necessary for an individual to live are lifted from this person. The duty is lifted. But if the duty is not lifted, the appointed time has not arrived and that human being is charged with the duty of let's say, living and talking and walking, or that plant is charged with the responsibility of uh, blooming and giving fruits and so on and so forth. And it is deprived of all the needs or some of the needs that are necessary for that purpose. And it reaches a point of dire circumstance that's always accepted. So, because as it is proven in the third truth, the majestic one who creates from nothing is giving all that everything asks for with the tongue of aptitude, the tongue of innate need, and the tongue of dire circumstance, as well as what is due to them for their existence and life with special balances and specific measures as observed. So not only everything is being provided uh, when it is asked with the tongue of aptitude, innate need, or dire circumstance, and when it is due to these things because for their existence and, and life, not only all of these are being provided, but they are provided with special balances and specific measures. To the extent that they need. For instance, when babies are born, their mothers have uh, milk for them ready, and the chemical composition of that milk is perfectly suitable for the baby at the point that that baby is in his or her development. After a month or so, the chemical composition of the milk changes to, to suit the new needs, the needs of the baby at that point. After a year, the chemical composition of the milk changes again. 
so it is there at the time it is needed and as it is needed or imagine um, baby birds coming out of their eggs at the time that they come out of their eggs they need they need to eat a lot of insects and seeds they need a lot of nutrition and this happens to be the time when insects and seeds or other things that their mothers and fathers will provide to them are most available in the nature so all of these instances of correspondence and harmony indicate that everything is being given with special balances and specific measures as observed we look around and we see this we don't need inference for this we, need, we don't need to develop proofs and argumentation and so on and so forth for, for this we see it we see it and therefore we can say with confidence that this type of justice that is affirmative or positive justice which is to give the possessor of rights his or her rights pervasively exists exists everywhere everywhere in this world in this cosmos at the degree of intuitive clarity demek adaletin şu kısmı vücut ve hayat derecesinde kat'i vardır in that case the existence of this type of justice is definite to the degree of the existence of existence itself and life wherever there is existence or life we see this and most of the examples we gave were from uh, living living beings but the same is true for let's say the stars if the star is charged with the duty of uh, projecting light it needs certain chemicals to burn let's say hydrogen and it is being provided with your hydrogen so this is valid for everything not only living objects living beings but everything everything is being provided in that case the existence of this type of justice is definite to the degree of the existence of existence itself and life ikinci kısım menfidir ki haksızları terbiye etmektir now the second type of justice the second type is negative and when we say negative you know we don't mean something like bad etc this is also good this is also a positive thing in the sense that there is good in it but the first one was about giving what things need this is about disciplining them and and this is used in psychology too we we use the words positive sanction and negative sanction so when we say negative it it should be understood in that sense not bad it is good but it is negative in the sense of limiting and punishing and so on and so forth the second type is negative and it consists of the disciplining of wrongdoers now the object of the first type of justice were everything in existence now the second type relates to wrongdoers only not everything wrongdoers only yani haksızların hakkını tazip ve tecziye ile veriyor that is he god is giving what the wrongdoers deserve through torment and punishment again this is not for everything everybody it is only for those who deserve wrongdoers who 
deserve. Şu şık ise çendan tamamıyla şu dünyada tezahür etmiyor. Now the problem is, as for this kind, true that it does not manifest completely in this world. So we look around, especially when we look around human beings, because there are a lot of human beings among the wrongdoers. That is, you know, part, one of the particular uh, specializations of human beings. We look at human beings and we see that there are a lot of wrongdoers among them. But we also see that they are not being tormented or punished or disciplined or even stopped on their path to wrongdoing. So what's going on? Well, we need to pay attention to what Ustad Nursi said, said here. True that it does not manifest completely in this world. So we see it to some extent, but we do not see it completely. And it is not that it does not exist completely. It does not manifest completely. So it does exist completely, but sometimes it is not manifest here in the visible realm that we are witnessing. Fakat o hakikatin vücudunu ihsas edecek bir surette hadsiz işarat ve emarat vardır. So it does not manifest completely in this world, but there are boundless signs and symptoms in a way that cause the existence of that reality to be sensed. Ez cümle kavmi ad ve semuddan tut ta şu zamanın mütemerrid kavimlerine kadar gelen sille-i edip ve taziyane-i tazib gayet ali bir adaletin hükümran olduğunu hadsi kat'i ile gösteriyor. Among them, so that it said there are signs and symptoms, among them the chastising blows and tormenting lashes that have descended on the people of Ad and the people of Thamud. And these are two peoples mentioned in the Quran who lived in the Arabian Peninsula in ancient times. And the Quran tells their story and they, um, they were disobedient to God. They did not follow the prophets that were sent to them. They were deniers and also very insolent and punishment was sent upon them. And they ruins can still be witnessed. Certainly could be witnessed at the time of the Prophet ﷺ because it is mentioned in the Quran, but according to some studies, they can still be seen today. So this is one uh, glaring example of it. They were deniers, they were insolent, they were wrongdoers, and punishment was sent upon them. But from that, we can also think, all the way to the recalcitrant peoples of the present time, right? So there are punishments that are being sent to the recalcitrant peoples of the present time. All of this show with a definitive immediate apprehension that an utmostly lofty justice is ruling. So definitive immediate apprehension uh, refers to hadsiqat'i. And this is a uh, term in logic it refers to grasping something uh, through reasoning, but that reasoning is not the kind of reasoning that we normally think reasoning to be in the sense that A leads to B, B leads to C, and therefore D. But rather, it happens immediately in the mind. The mind is programmed to grasp it right away. So it's very easy to grasp, basically. 
this is very easy to apprehend very easy to see understand the chastising blows and tormenting lashes that have descended on the people of Ad, the people of Thamud, and all the way to the recalcitrant peoples of the present time. So what, what is sent on the recalcitrant peoples of the present time? First of all, when crimes are bigger, they are sent to bigger courts. When they are smaller, they are taken care of in smaller courts. So if we see wrongdoing around and we do not see punishment being sent upon it, what we deduce from that is that this is really big crime and the pun punishment for it is going to be meted out in a bigger court. It's not going to be left as this. It is going to be meted out in a bigger court. But sometimes um, you know, earthquakes, storms, hurricanes, floods, the wrongdoing, the injustice, for, for example, that we have been doing to all the creatures on the face of this earth by exceeding the bounds and using its resources without any consideration to the rights of all those other creatures that are on the face of the earth. Well, it seems its punishment is being meted out with everything that we are seeing in, in terms of climate change, the droughts, the floods, the changes in the uh, flora and fauna that is disrupting societies, we as humanity are paying for it and will continue to pay for it unless we mend ourselves, for instance. So this was the side note that we uh, skipped last week it it came at a point where, the, where Ustad Nursi referred to justice and then opened up this side note to talk about justice and of course this makes sense because this truth is again about solicitude munificence mercy giving or mercy and justice so it's one of the important uh, components of what we are studying in this treatise so now we will continue with the 10th truth. And again, inshallah, we will try to finish it. Uh, Ustad Nursi says, Al-Hasl, in conclusion. Şu görünen şuunat, dünyadaki vüsatli içtimaat-ı hayatiye ve süratli iftirakat-ı mevtiye ve haşmetli toplanmalar ve çabuk dağılmalar ve azametli ihtilafat ve büyük tecelliyat ile ve onların bu aleme ait Bu dünyayı fanide kısa bir zamanda malumumuz olan semerat-ı cüz'iyeleri, ehemmiyetsiz ve muvakkat gayeleri mabeyninde hiç münasebet olmadığından, adeta küçük bir taşa bir büyük dağ kadar hikmetler, gayeler, gayeler takmak, bir büyük dağa bir küçük taş gibi muvakkat bir gaye-i cüz'iye vermeye benzer ki, hiçbir akıl ve hikmete uygun gelemez. And of course, this is a long sentence. We will try to understand it to the extent that we can. But to start with, Ustad Nursi is saying that, remember, we always look around and observe the cosmos and try to deduce things from it. Ustad Nursi is saying, now, when we look around and do this observation, something does not seem to compute. What is it? Because there is no parity between these visible conducts 
such as the broad social life on earth, the rapid separations of death, the sublime gatherings, quick dispersals, tremendous ceremonies, and great manifestations on the one hand. And so we first should try to understand what, it, what this is, and then we will go back and read the sentence from the beginning again. So we look around and we see broad social life on earth social life that spread spread everywhere this is easy to understand when we think about human beings but also think about the packs of wolves uh, ant colonies bird colonies fish colonies plants that gather together and and help each other's existence coral reefs where you have more than one living object helping one another so there is social life that is life that emerges from the interaction of more than one species or more than one members of a certain species like in the, in the in the second case human beings or wolf packs or in the first case more than one species in the case of you know coral reefs uh, so on and so forth rapid separations of death so these are things that we are observing we should just try to understand the concepts here. Rapid separations of death. All deaths are early for the beloveds. So this is referring to uh, separation. So if the, the person or the thing that is dying is not beloved to you, you don't feel separation anyway. But if it is, we feel separations of death. Sublime gatherings. So think about the spring and how while everything was dry and nothing seemed to be there all of a sudden things started to gather flowers are blooming plants are sprouting leaves are shooting as if they were not there but now they are coming there to gather quick dispersals and then when the winter comes they are all being dispersed tremendous ceremonies when they come it is as if they are all putting on their decorations in order to celebrate something what are they celebrating they are celebrating the power of their lord the glory of their lord it is like a ceremony in which they let's say the soldiers uh, you know, walk before the king all day presenting to the king the reach of his power and glory and great manifestations great things great things are happening um, think for instance about size and of course this is relative but since these are uh, put out there for human beings to look perceive and appreciate think about the size of things in this space in the universe start from the moon move to earth and then compare the size of the earth to let's say jupiter then compare jupiter to the sun and that to other bigger suns uh, star systems galaxies it will be mind-boggling and then try to imagine the entire universe mind-boggling and there are manifestations of divine names happening everywhere in all of it these are great so because there is no parity between between all of these things that we have mentioned and we will read again on the one hand and with something else on the other because there is no parity between these 
visible conducts so these are visible conducts visible happenings we look around and see such as the broad social life on earth the rapid separations of death the sublime gatherings quick dispersals tremendous ceremonies and great manifestations on the one hand and their particular fruits that relate to this realm their particular fruits that relate to this realm and that are known to us in this temporal world and short period as well as their insignificant and temporary purposes on the other so there are so big things so important so magnificent massive things happening and then what is the outcome of that again think about spring right that is the that is the verse that inspired this entire treatise and it as a result it shows up all all along we began this treatise reading the verse bismillahir rahmanir rahim fanzur ila athari rahmatillahi kayfa yuhyi al-ard ba'da mawtiha inna dhalika la muhyi al-mawta wa huwa ala kulli shay'in qadir this is the verse that ustad nursi seems it seems reflected upon for a long time and as a result of that all of these meanings were inspired to his heart uh, you know some who have studied it also says that the tenth word altogether is kind of a synthesis of upwards of 300 verses but this is the one that inspired and it means look look at the imprints of uh, god's mercy how he gives life to the to earth after its death and in that way he will uh, give life to the death and here it is referring to the resurrection in the in the hereafter and he is all powerful he is he's he has power over all things so that that verse so since that is our primary inspiration if we think about and the spring at which point god gives life to earth after its death imagine how how much energy is going into it the entire spring on earth if this was designed by human beings imagine how much preparation would be necessary for it how much material would be necessary for it how much coordination would be necessary for it how much actual physical effort would be necessary for uh, for it how much creativity would be necessary for it keep thinking about this such a big huge massive majestic magnificent thing that's happening gathering but it lasts maybe three months in some cases for sunflowers it's just one day maybe a few weeks and then it is all taken away it, it all disappears imagine yourself putting so much effort into something just only to have it last for an hour for a little bit would you feel justified in putting that effort into it in turkey they have this dish called mante you take little uh, squares of flat dough and then put uh, some ground meat black pepper etc into it and then you fold it uh, the whole thing when it is folded is as little as when it is done really well as the 
you know, your pinky nail, maybe, or maybe a little bigger. And then hundreds of this are prepared and then made into a dish. It is cooked and stirred with garlic, yogurt, etc., etc. But it takes a lot of effort. And it is very easy to eat. It is almost like a soup. Delicious, but very easy to eat. Imagine yourself preparing this food. It will probably take, let's say, three hours sitting there, three hours folding all those flat doughs and then cooking it and putting it on the table. And let's say you are feeding, uh, you are giving a feast for 10 people and your 10 guests each start eating and 10 minutes later, it's over. Now, if this was all of it, if those 10 minutes of spoons going into the bowls and going to the mouths was all of what you wanted, would you feel justified for putting so much effort into this food? No. But what makes you do it? Because, you know, I've seen uh, especially ladies who willingly, lovingly do this. What makes them do this? The appreciation, the metaphysical outcome of the food being served to the guests and the guests being happy about it and appreciating it. That is what makes these ladies do it, especially if it is for their children, for instance. So the physical object and the fleeting life of 10 minutes that it has cannot be the purpose. The physical object of the spring, all those flowers, etc., etc., and the fleeting life that they have on this earth for a day, a week, three weeks, six weeks, three months at the most, you know, four or five months, that cannot be the ultimate purpose. Also imagine, and Ustad Nursi is going to refer to, to this, imagine how they set up uh, movie scenes. For just one scene, sometimes they work for a month. They create all those uh, objects that imitate the reality, the virtual reality that they want to show. Put them all together, have the actors act what they need to act, shoot the scene, and then just get rid of all that material. Now, was the one hour, two hours that, that it took them to shoot the scene the purpose? No, of course not. They, they, they were shooting the scene, they were recording it, and what they recorded is now going to feed into the movie that they are preparing, and that will have a lasting life. People will see it, they will appreciate, the movie makers will make money out of this, but the purpose is not that one or two hours of acting, the purpose is the lasting product that comes out of it. In the same way, if that were not the case, there would be no parity between the effort that this lady put in preparing Mantu and the 10 minutes of life that the Mantu has on the table. There would be no parity between the, let's say, one to two months of preparation that the movie makers make in order to set up that scene and the two hours during which the actors act that scene or perhaps two minutes there would be no parity between these things but when you think about the longer term products metaphysical physical longer term products outcomes then you can imagine that oh okay there is parity but i was not looking at the right place because in the same way because there is no parity between these visible conducts, 
such as the broad social life on earth, the rapid separations of death, the sublime gatherings, quick dispersals, tremendous ceremonies and great manifestations on the one hand, and their particular fruits that relate to this realm and that are known to us in this temporal world and short period, as well as their insignificant and temporary purposes. On the other hand, it, it meaning the absence of another permanent realm, would be like attaching mountain-like wisdoms and purposes to a small pebble and giving a big mountain a pebble-like temporary and particular purpose. And this would not agree with the intellect and wisdom. If we were to assume that there is not life after death, this is the be-all, end-all, the fleeting life that we observe in this cosmos is just itself. There is no outcome to it. There is nothing lasting that emerges from it. That would be like attaching mountain-like wisdoms and purposes to a small pebble and giving a big mountain a pebble-like temporary and particular purpose. And this would not agree with the intellect and wisdom. And that's what we are doing in, in reading this treatise. We are exercising our intellect and trying to reach wisdom. We are asking questions, is this possible? No, that is not possible. All of this cannot be for the fleeting life that it has, the short period of life that it has in this temporal world. That is not possible. Then the opposite of that is necessary. That it will have life after it disappears from our sights. Life after death is necessary. Demek şu mevcudat ve şu unat ile ve dünyaya ait gayeleri ortasında bu derece nispetsizlik katiyen şehadet eder ki bu mevcudatın yüzleri alim manaya müteveccihtir, münasip meyveleri orada veriyor ve gözleri esma-i kutsiyeye dikkat ediyorlar, gayeleri o aleme bakıyor. In that case, such disparity between these existent beings and affairs and their worldly purposes definitively bear witness that the faces of these existent beings face the realm of meanings. That metaphysical realm. The appreciation that the guests have for the food that they were served. For instance, they yield their befitting fruits there. Not here. Not in the movie scene that is you know, prepared for two months and then that's going to be taken apart after a few minutes, a few hours perhaps of shooting. That is not the befitting fruit. It is going to yield its befitting fruit where? Somewhere else. Their eyes are focused on the divine names. So this is also important. What is the befitting fruit for all of these things that we observe around? All of these ceremonies, all of these gatherings and dispersals, social life, life itself, death. What can all of that point to? What could be important enough to be a befitting fruit for them? Their eyes are focused on the divine names. Their eyes are focused on the divine names and through the divine names, the entity of God. They acquire value 
befitting value when they are related to God and the divine names are how they are related to God. Their purposes look to that realm, the realm of the divine names. Ve özleri dünya toprağı altında sümbülleri alemi misalde inkişaf ediyor. They themselves grow under the earth's soil while their flowers grow in the realm of similitudes. The way the roots of plants are under the soil, under the earth, but their flowers come out of the earth and then bloom. In the same way, it is as if we are under soil here. We are sprouting, we are developing, but the real flowers, the real flowers are to be sought in the realm of similitudes, meanings, the metaphysical realm. İnsan istidadı nispetinde burada ekiyor ve ekiliyor. Ahirette mahsul alıyor. Man cultivates and is cultivated in accordance with his aptitude here and harvests in the hereafter. Human beings both cultivate here the deeds that we accumulate and what we acquire as a result of those deeds. Right? We are cultivating this world as if it is a cultivating field, but we are also being cultivated. God is cultivating us, improving our skills of appreciation and observation and witnessing and understanding. If we were sent to paradise and we were not given the skills to understand what's going on, to sense what is going on, to feel what's going on, to appreciate what is going on, what would be the benefit of that? We are being trained here. And those, inshallah, may we all be among those who are destined for paradise are being cultivated, are being improved in their metaphysical skills, faculties, so that when they arrive there, they will be able to appreciate more and show gratitude in, in return for what they appreciate. Man cultivates and is cultivated in accordance with his aptitude here and harvests in the hereafter. This is not the place for harvest. This is the place for cultivation. This is the pl place for training. This is the place for preparation. Here we accumulate, improve. There we will harvest and utilize what we have accumulated. Inshallah. Evet. Şu eşyanın esma-i ilahiyeye ve alemi ahirete müteveccih yüzlerine baksan göreceksin ki mucize-i kudret olan her bir çekirdeğin bir ağaç kadar gayesi var. Yes, if you look at the faces of these things that, that face the divine names. So if you look at them as just existing there from a worldly point of view, they become meaningless. Their meaning is uh, confined to a few minutes of existence in this worldly realm and it becomes meaningless. And there have been many philosophers who refuse to see beyond that worldly existence and could not make sense of it and therefore found themselves in crises. Some of them committed suicide because they could not bear it. But if we look at the other face, if you look at the faces of these things that face the divine names and the realm of the hereafter, 
which are both lasting. You will see that each seed, which is a miracle of power, has as much purpose as a tree. Each seed that falls on the ground and sprouts and is destined to become a tree has as much purpose as a tree. You hold it in your palm, a tiny little fig seed, and you can value it as much as that dust-like thing that is particle that is in your palm, or in it you can see the fig tree that is to grow out of it and give fruits to you. And in which case are you going to value it more? Imagine yourself, let's say a distant island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, no civilization, no humans, and also there are plants, but you cannot eat those plants. Maybe you can survive, you have some, you know, uh, some provision that you can survive on for a couple of years, but after that is over, you know that you will die of starvation. But at the same time, imagine that you have this little box filled with seeds. Let's say some corn seeds, fruit kernels, not a big box, a small thing, something that you can perhaps fit in your pocket. How much value would you attribute to those seeds and kernels if you lived somewhere in a city among God, you know, in society where you can buy your food from the grocery store? You would value it as much as a few seeds and kernels. But if you found yourself on this island, now it is, it, is, it, it is your survival. It is what will allow you to survive on this island if you cultivate it. If you look at the faces of these things that face the divine names and the realm of the hereafter, you will see that each seed, which is a miracle of power, because you throw it in the, on, in the soil and then it, it becomes tree, right? That's a miracle of power, has as much purpose as a tree. Kelime-i hikmet olan her bir çiçeğin bir ağaç çiçekleri kadar manaları var ve o harika-i sanat ve manzume-i rahmet olan her bir meyvenin bir ağacın meyveleri kadar hikmetleri var. Each flower, which is a word of wisdom. Remember we talked about communication? When the tree blooms, it is communicating. And each flower is a word in the story that it tells, in the book that it writes. Each flower, which is a word of wisdom, has as many meanings as the flowers of a tree. So each flower has as many meanings as the flowers of a tree. That flower, it turns into a seed, it's going to become a tree. But there's a side note here. Ustad Nursi was asked from time to time why he was giving examples from seeds and flowers, insects, etc. And sometimes people will raise that as a criticism against the Risale Nur. And that's of course a matter of ignorance and nothing else. But let's read uh, Ustad Nursi's own response to this. Hashi, a side note. Sual, question. Eğer dense, Neden en çok misalleri çiçekten ve çekirdekten ve meyveden getiriyorsun? If it be asked, why do you make parables mostly from flowers, seeds and fruits? El cevap, çünkü onlar hem mucizat-ı kudretin en antikaları, en harikaları, en nazeninleridirler. 
Hem ehli tabiat ve ehli dalalet ve ehli felsefe onlardaki kalemi kader ve kudretin yazdığı ince hattı okuyamadıkları için onlar da boğulmuşlar, tabiat bataklığına düşmüşler. Answer. Because they are the most precious, wondrous and delicate of the miracles of power. And also because since the naturalists, people who say uh, God does not exist, nature is what does things causes and affects this material world that is all that is out there and everything that's happening in it is a result of things interacting in time and that we refer to as nature and we attribute laws to it and so on and so forth. Since the naturalists, the misguided and the philosophers cannot read the fine script written by the pen of divine determination and power in them, they have drowned in them They have fallen into the swamp of nature. So this is not only something that is fully appropriate with regard to its quiddity, its nature, it, with regard to what it is. It is a miracle of power. It is also appropriate because this is where those who lost their way have lost their way. Therefore, it is perfectly appropriate and necessary to focus on these things that we see around in the cosmos that we live. This is an age in, in which empirical observation is ingrained in our minds as a source of knowledge. And therefore, it makes perfect sense to bring these proofs for the existence of God, prophethood, uh, angels, holy books, and hereafter articles of faith from what we observe in the world that we live. Bizlere rızık olması ise o binler hikmetlerinden bir tek hikmettir ki vazifesi biter, manasını ifade eder, vefat eder, midemizde defnedilir. Now we read the side note, we are going back to the text. And those fruits, which are each a wonder of artistry and an ode of mercy, have as many wisdoms as the fruits of a tree. So the same notion is continuing here. We talked about uh, flowers. Here we are talking about fruits. Bizlere rızık olması ise o binler hikmetlerinden bir tek hikmettir ki vazifesi biter, manasını ifade eder, vefat eder, midemizde defnedilir. That they are provisions for us is one among thousands of their wisdoms those fruits wisdoms that when its duty is fulfilled and it expresses its meaning it dies and is buried in our stomach but it is that is one out of thousands of its, its wisdoms if you were to think that yeah there is this um, apricot fruit I ate it, it's now in my stomach, it disappeared, that's, that's all of it. It gave me nutrition, yeah, there's wisdom in it, it's, it gives me nutrition. Yes, that is one wisdom, but that is not the entire or complete wisdom. There are thousands of wisdoms attached to it, this is just one of them. Madem bu fani eşya başka yerde baki meyveler verirler ve daimi suretler bırakır ve başka cihette ebedi manalar ifade eder, sermediği tesbihat yapar ve insan ise onların şu cihetine bakan yüzlerine bakmakla insan olur fani de bakiye yol bulur 
since these temporal things yield permanent fruits, leave continuous images, express other eternal meanings, and are engaged in perpetual glorification somewhere else. In that case, the human being becomes a human being by beholding those of their faces that concern this aspect and finds a path to lustingness in that which is temporal. Fruits leave permanent imprints in the metaphysical realm. If human beings focus on the transient and limited wisdom that these fruits, flowers, and everything in existence have, their value as human beings will be reduced to their material existence in this world and their interaction with that limited realm that they think is, uh, is what, the, what existence is confined to. But if they see the face of all those existent beings that are directed to that face, the metaphysical realm and their permanent fruits outcomes then the value of a human being will also increase to that level thus the human being becomes a human being by beholding those of phenomena as created beings faces that concern this aspect and finds a path to lastingness in that which is otherwise temporal the apricot is temporal but the fruits that it bears in the metaphysical realm are permanent. Demek bu hayat ve mevt içinde yuvarlanan, toplanıp dağılan mevcudat içinde başka maksat var. In that case, these existent beings that roll between life and death and gather and disperse contain another purpose. Temsilde kusur yoktur. Şu ahval, taklit ve temsil için teşkil ve tertip edilen ahvale benzer. Here Ustad Nursi is going to refer to that uh, you know, movie scene that is being uh, set up. But he, he, he doesn't have the complete language that we have today. This was something that was just starting at the time. So as we read this, try to understand what is being referred to. It is, you can think of it as a movie scene that is being set up in order to shoot one scene in the movie. But its outcome is going to have a lasting life in the movie itself uh, to the ex to, to the measure of however many times that movie is shown to however many people in that case these existent beings that roll between life and death and gather and disperse contain another purpose errors are not to be sought in representations so that if one were to be uh, nitpicking one can find some uh, errors in this representation but Errors are not to be sought in representations because representations are meant to convey certain meanings and uh, what is meant to be conveyed is what is important, not the details. So don't focus on details, focus on the meaning that is being conveyed. The purpose of this is for that meaning to become easier to understand in your mind. These states are like those states that are given form and organized for imitation and representation. Nasıl büyük masrafla kısa içtimalar, dağılmalar yapılıyor? Ta suretler alınsın, terkip edilsin, sinemada daim gösterilsin. Onun gibi bu dünyada kısa bir müddet zarfında hayatı şahsiye ve hayatı içtimaiye geçirmenin bir gayesi şudur ki suretler alınıp terkip edilsin, neticeye amelleri alınıp hıfz edilsin. <gülüyor>
ta bir mecma ekberde muhasebesi görülsün ve bir meşher-i azamda gösterilsin ve bir saadet-i uzmaya istidadı gösterilsin. In the way that gatherings and dispersals are organized at great expense, that is those scenes are set up in great, at great expense, so that images could be taken, composed and displayed continuously in the cinema. Likewise, one purpose of having a personal and social life in this world in a short period of time is so that images would be taken and composed and the outcomes of their deeds are preserved so that they will then be subject to an accounting in a great place of gathering, be exhibited in a tremendous display, display house, the paradise, or the reckoning, all of that. And their aptitude for a tremendous felicity is shown, so that they will then be subject to an accounting in a great place of gathering, be exhibited in a tremendous display house, and their aptitude for a tremendous felicity is shown. Demek hadisi şerifte dünya ahiret mezrasıdır diye bu hakikati ifade ediyor. This meaning is expressed in the honorable prophetic tradition, hadith of the Prophet sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem. The world is the cultivating field of the hereafter. Madem dünya var ve dünya içinde bu asarıyla hikmet ve inayet ve rahmet ve adalet var, Elbette dünyanın vücudu gibi kat'i olarak ahirette var. So the conclusion of all of this, the, the entire 10th truth, what we have been reading uh, for three weeks now. Since the world exists, and since this wisdom, solicitude, mercy and justice exist, with their imprints in the world, we saw them, we we recognize them through their imprints with their imprints in the world since everything in the world faces that realm in one aspect since that is the destination denying the hereafter means denying the world and everything in it madem dünyada her şey bir cihette o aleme bakıyor demek oraya gidiliyor since everything in the world faces that realm in one aspect, that means that is the destination. Ahiret inkar etmek, dünya ve mafihayı inkar etmek demektir. Denying the hereafter means denying the world and everything in it. Demek ecel ve kabir insanı beklediği gibi cennet ve cehennemde insanı bekliyor ve gözlüyor. In that case, as the appointed time of death and the grave await men, paradise and hell are also waiting for and looking forward to him. Let's read this beautiful conclusion one more time and then conclude inshallah. Since the world exists and since this wisdom, solicitude, mercy and justice exist with their imprints in the world, since everything in the world faces that realm in one aspect, that means that is the destination. Denying the hereafter means denying the world and everything in it. In that case, as the appointed time of death and the grave await men, paradise and hell are also waiting for and looking forward to him. May we be saved from hell and may we be destined to paradise 
and may we meet the Prophet wasallam, there our beloved and stay in his company to eternity. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana innaka anta al-alimul hakim ma'akhirul da'wahu man alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-fatihah.